0: Hello everybody and welcome to the show. I am Natalie Miller-Snell and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now I am super excited for today's show. I have got on an outstanding coach who has an area of expertise in somatic coaching, and I'm so excited to explore that with her. Her academic achievements are incredible, from masters in counselling to a postgrad in behavioural change, and she is a fellow at many institutions. I'm really excited for this show actually. Please put your hands together for the absolutely incredible Caroline Quay! Woo! Yeah.
1: I'm I'm looking around to see, like, who's coming on there? (laughs) Who is that? Oh, hi, Natalie. It's so good to be with you and to be with your listeners here. And I'm just so pleased. I'm really, really, you know, pleased and excited and and curious about where our conversation will go. Right,
0: exactly. And I always have that every time I do this, I get, um, I always get that little bit of, and we're going to talk body as well in a moment the body reaction the little bit of tingles and whatnot as to how does it go because you know I have a general outline on how all of these shows kind of run there's an introduction there's a little bit about yourself and then but then how the conversation flows beyond that is really quite magic and that's where the richness comes in and and I've just spotted we've both got blue tops on we have, we're matching. We're matching. We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A beautiful sort of turquoisey colour. Yeah, That's lovely. Bring some sunshine in because yeah. it is pretty grey yeah. today, actually. So, yeah. for everybody listening who's not familiar with your good self, would, would you like to just share a little bit about you and how you got into coaching as well? Because you, I mean, as I mentioned, loads of incredible academic um, you know, background for you as well, but also the somatic side. Somatic, somatic, where's that come from? Somatic side of coaching, how that came into to your life start however you yeah would like
1: to. okay well so I will go back in the day really um so I um I come from a family where my dad was in the RAF and he came from a very poor family and my mum came from a very poor family but he went up the ranks and you know kind of achieved quite a lot but actually, now, as an adult, I look back and I think they had a lot of shame and a lot of trauma mm-hmm. about being coming from such poverty and, and and kind of their heritage. And so I think all my life, I've always been trying to make sense of the things that I carry, the things that are kind of not said but and 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 kind of you know certain things which which I kind of didn't understand really so I've always been tuned to to looking for more and exploring more and to be able to kind of not be in the grip of my own stuff as well so it's been my own kind of journey as well and I guess I'm really kind of quite passionate about that for us as coaches, that sense of, you know, we're human beings and we have all of our stuff. And for me now, actually, it's a joy when I see I'm in the grip of something and I'm like, ah, look at that, Caroline. That's the thing that's really got you. And so for me, that means that it's the thing that I then want to kind of be able to untangle a bit and not be in its grip, to have more options, really. So I trained as a counsellor a very long time ago. I was kind of like the youngest in in the school there. Um, And I worked for the psychology department for a number of years um, and then got really kind of quite tired with that and then went and worked in learning and development and in organisational development. So I've always been interested in people. And in the, both the L&D and the OD roles, I worked as an in, in, internal coach. Right. And so I actually think internal coaching is really hard because you kind of know the people. The boundaries yeah. are a bit more muddy and, and, and difficult. Uh, but that was kind of, you know, where I found myself. And um, I didn't get a coaching qualification until 2014, I think it was, something like that. And then when I did, uh, we used the grow model.
0: Right. Which yeah, was, I yeah. was a bit like,
1: oh, right. Wow. Okay. We're using the grow model, and it's all you know, kind of sequential, and you kind of have your stages, and it's it's kind of something to hold on to. Mm. Um, but actually, at the time, I had been very stuck myself, and I had I had a coaching session with somebody that was you know my was my client. And she'd got to an aha moment. And that aha moment, for me, that was a holy grail of coaching. Mm. You know, you get somebody to the aha moment and off they go. She had her aha moment and and nothing happened. She was like, mm. well, I'm not going to make any actions and changes because, yeah, now I know, but that it doesn't change anything for me. And that was really kind of quite impactful for me because I kind of thought I've been... Chasing something which actually, you know, is is that really kind of useful for the clients. And at that time, I bumped into a talk with Coaches Rising. And um, Joel was interviewing Jennifer Garvey Berger, who is, um, you know, she's a thought leader around adult development. And she had this sense of a map of um, what adult development could look like. So just as children you go through different stages and they develop, so what you would expect of a five-year-old is very different from how you would expect them to be a 15-year-old, her map kind of shows that actually as adults we don't have to stay the same, we don't have to grow into our 20s and then just stay as we are. And that was like, um, it just felt very hopeful. Because I had been feeling very stuck and I was a bit like, right, okay, so I'm in my 50s, feeling stuck. Is mm. this it? Do I just look forward to my knees just packing up and, mm. you know, kind of <laughs> getting greyer and grayer, <laughs> and probably grumpier and grumpier? And, and that is it. Um, and so from there, I I kind of, I, I trained with, with Jennifer. Um, and also at the same time, I started finding out, Um, through Coaches Rising about embodiment and um, somatic coaching so that's kind of my journey that word Um, but that's I love (laughs) it I love it do you know what it's so
0: funny isn't it when people use a word a lot all of a sudden then it starts getting negative on I'm like great word you were on a joke brilliant you carry on I love it
1: although when I said that I had an image of myself on a horse kind
0: of oh (laughs) did you I saw a beach there you go
1: there you go isn't
0: (laughs) it amazing yeah
1: it is amazing. Yeah. We could combine them and have the horse on the beach running along. There
0: you go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I what I loved about everything that you've just spoken about there is a few notes that I wrote down. You talked about the things we carry and actually the yeah. importance of paying attention to that within the body. And ultimately yeah. that's where somatics comes comes in and, and we'll talk a bit more about that. You referred to I've used this word this wasn't the word you used but you referred to formula in coaching, and that's how I uh, see because I very uh, much, yeah. I'm very much, I my my thought process now coming into coaching is there's there's kind of ways and rules almost that we yes. get taught you know coming into the approach which are very good and there's there's a lot of things that we do need to pay attention to in coaching but actually there's a lot of goodness when we pay attention to the human aspect and us yes. as individuals that we can draw on and, and again that goes into things we carry but what really struck me was the ha- aha moment that you spoke about which is incredibly powerful however there does need to be ongoing with that it doesn't it, yeah it might for some people transform but yeah. it doesn't necessarily transform everybody in that one moment there still needs to be some kind of work that goes with it and again that's coming back to what I believe is your area of expertise now and what you and all of the work that you're doing which is incredible is paying attention to body paying attention to yes. mind body and so and how that all connects knowing yes. this
1: intelligently yes. so how does that all link in for you oh, so I, I love that question and i think for me what is important is that the body is a way in mm. so the body is a way into that integration And it is only really, I think, because we live in a society which really kind of um, privileges intellectual ideas, uh, thoughts, speech. So the mind. And we have these beautiful minds. They are amazing what we can do. And, and, you know, in terms of society, we wouldn't have got where we had if if we didn't, um, you know, really kind of um, use rational thought. The only thing is, is that actually as human beings, we are beings. Yeah. And so in terms of working, in terms of coaching... When we sort of actually are aware of what's happening in our body, so the real sort of nuance around, I call it somatic awareness. So it's that sensing of, so at the moment I can sense my fingers kind of slightly tingling. I can sense the the back of my neck. I can sense a little bit of um, contraction in my jaw. So it's only by being aware of those things that actually then we find a way into um sensing that and then being able to integrate that with our thoughts and our emotions and and our intellect. That the Greeks call the, the word somatic comes from the Greek and it means um, all of our intelligences and all of our aliveness. Right. And I love that.
0: Yeah. Because
1: that's why I use the word somatic because It's the body. It's the body and every other intelligence that we have. And so, for example, when I work with senior leaders, you know, I I, I have this, you know, that I am a somatic coach on my profile. So people come to me with a bit of curiosity around that. Um, But I get the question sometimes of like, why should I bother doing this? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like we have so many different intelligences if you knew that there was an intelligence that would help you to be able to make better decisions, to be more informed, to have more choices, would you not use that? And they're like, yeah, I would. Well, let's give it a go. Let's, let's practice, let's play, let's experiment and let's see where it goes. Um, and it's quite interesting really because with the podcast I'm talking about it Yeah. and I feel so inept when I talk about it. Um, because it's it's a doing thing it's an experiential thing it's actually right and and it's only really by experiencing it that you get a real sense of that integration
0: okay well let's put you into comfort zone then how would you go about that with an audience in in terms of experiencing that then is there something you can do here and now or would that
1: yeah, yeah, there is. I don't quite know how it'll work. Um, but there is something that I do, which um, it demonstrates the difference between somatic as in the body in all our of aliveness. And the Greeks had another word for body called sark, which is S-A-R-X. And actually the word sarcastic comes from it. And ah. it's kind of like more like the body, like a piece of meat. And the reason why it's kind of the word sarcasm from that is that it's a sense of kind of you know your words are almost like you know uh, um, treating something like it's it's like um an object
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah, so, so um, what I can do is I can do a, a bit of a kind of demonstration with you because then okay. I can see you, okay. um, and then anybody that's listening this can do it, unless, of course, they're driving, in which case okay. it would not be a good off. idea. <laughs> okay, let's try this. <laughs> or doing anything else like that. Um, so what I'd like you to do is to choose an arm, okay? Okay. So um, I'm going to choose my right arm. And uh, we're gonna look at this from the perspective of Sark. Okay. So look at your arm, kind as if it's, it's an arm that kind of is just there. Okay, so you might want to prod it. You might want to, well, you can do whatever you like with it. I'm kind of brushing my, the back of my hand. Just kind of like observing your arm as if okay. it's a thing. Okay. there you go that's your arm then what i'd like you to do is shake it okay and then this time what i want you to do is i want you to experience your arm the same arm in all of its aliveness so i want you to notice and if there's any kind of movement in your arm so for me there's a little tingling in my fingers If there's any kind of difference in temperature, if there's any contractions or anything like that, notice what it feels like inside your hand and your arm. So if you can actually notice the sinews or the muscles or the bones, notice the space in between the fingers. And I invite you to touch your arm Really from that point of view of your arm in all of its aliveness and all of the intelligence that it gives you and that's a little demonstration of the first one was Sark the body is a piece of meat and the second is Soma. <sighs> sorry
0: what was for the for the listeners what was the second one because I'm, I'm I'm overwhelmed Loma. over here
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's somatic so that sense of of, of feeling the body in all of its aliveness and all its its intelligences
0: it feels different yeah and I actually felt tears in my eyes then I mean I'd, I'd like to think I'm quite connected to my body I mean sometimes not so much but in terms of an energetic capacity shall we say so I, I feel things quite quite easily what was quite amazing about that is observing my arm and, and listeners as well, anyone who's listening into this, please share anything that happened or you experienced if you did carry out this exercise. And I'd be curious to know if it felt the same. My arm was my arm. I see it, I see it all the time. I touch it, I wash it, it does stuff. It's, it, you know I'm able to use it and it helps me on a day-to-day in function capacity. When I shook my arm and brought it back to that kind of conscious awareness, I suppose, of what was actually going on, it felt entirely different. I could feel almost particles of me working together it felt energetic it felt bigger I felt tingles the sensation was unbelievable and at at that moment in time I kind of felt connected and understood actually the bigger picture but that was really quite profound I loved that and it really immediately brought me back to the fact that my body can talk to me
1: yes yeah and your face completely changed in the second did it one. oh okay it completely that's interesting. it kind of lit up it really right. did it, it, there was a different a completely different kind of energy there yeah that's
0: fun yeah. wow and so how do yeah. business leaders anybody when you're coaching I mean you've seen my reaction here and now how does that work with them and inform them in their day-to-day life or help them change so
1: I I think it's it It's different with different people. And actually, it's really great to do it in a group because you see how people react differently. But I think it I could say all the words that I wanted, Mm. but that experientially enables somebody to kind of go to a different place. And, 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 uh, you know, if, if you're if you are feeling disconnected from your body, then it's a very safe and easy way in. But it's actually, it, it feels like a gateway for people. So it's like a gateway where people are, I think I can trust this. Because mm. I always, you know, as a somatic coach, I'm always talking about experimenting. I'm always saying, look, there's a little thing that we can try. And, you know, I'm kind of recontracting every time we do that little experiment. And it's I'm kind of making sure that it's always within somebody's control and that they feel that they can you know do it or not do it at any point but i'm uh, mark walsh he talks about how we use um the body as a brain taxi uh, <laughs> which which is a kind of really kind of great sort of image and um i remember in the first lockdown um my mum lives abroad and uh the the, uh, the place where she was, you know, the residential care place that she was in, they had set up a, a Zoom meeting and um, my mum has dementia, um, had dementia. And um, I can remember feeling like I wanted to see her and I didn't want to see her because it was so painful mm-hmm. seeing how she was compared to how she used to be and my body felt like a lump i felt like i was just having to move this lump of a body and to sit in front of the screen and i can remember the the click of the keys as i was going on to the zoom call and i can remember sort of clunking down my cup of tea you know in the mug on the table and this real feeling of heaviness and just lumpness if that's mm. a word but and totally is uh, a word <laughs> it should be a word. It yeah. should be a word. And so what I did is, you know, because I'm a somatic coach, I sensed into what was happening in my body. And so I had a real tightness in my throat. My shoulders were all sort of scrunched up. My stomach was all tense. And so I let myself experience what was, you know, what is. And by allowing myself to experience that, those contractions started to just melt away and as they melted away you know there's this song that my mum and, and I we used to sing in dance in the kitchen I still dance in the kitchen now um, but we, when I was a kid and it was like you are my sunshine yeah and I remember that song and my body sort of relaxed and within the space of about a minute I had moved from that sock place of you know carrying my body along like a big lump to that sense of soma that aliveness and it didn't change the situation in the terms of the reality of it but it totally changed the situation in terms of how I was experiencing it Mm. and therefore what I did and how I was and I think that's what I love about somatic coaching is that it is transformational, but in a very kind of compassionate way.
0: Yeah.
1: It's compassionate for the things that we bring and and the armour that we've put on. Um and and also it enables us, you know, by relaxing and, and kind of letting go of some of that armor a bit, it 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 does actually we see things in different ways and therefore we act in different ways and yeah. therefore our life path is different.
0: You you literally took the words out of my mouth and as you were speaking, and just at the end there, we see things differently and we react differently. Because I feel different, even from that small, that, that short, not small, because it was actually massive <laughs> exercise or activity that we just did. And also listening to your, way, the way you delivered that story. And thank you so much for sharing it. I really appreciate it. It's as you said. It's not about being able to potentially uh, change that given situation, although we might be able to. It's about how we react, see, and handle things, and then also beyond that, the ripple effect that we can have yeah. to those yeah. around us by having yeah. a lighter energy. Or, you know, yes. I, I see it sometimes with people. You know, someone's in a in a having a bad a bad day or in a bad mood because things are very heavy everything becomes heavy yes. and that's a, that's almost an extension of your body isn't it you're you're bringing that energy into everything around you so by yes. taking these processes that you've just beautifully described and just spending that moment to think about things and become a bit lighter we're able to create a ripple effect with that as well
1: yeah yeah and it's all around the premise of allowing what is so not trying to fight. I think we spend a lot of our lives fighting with ourselves, kind of a bit at war with ourselves, really. The bits of ourselves that we don't like or, you know, emotions that are difficult or, or whatever. And, you know, somatic is around <clears throat> allowing what is and yet somehow by allowing it, it, it changes. It, mm. it, and and it's, it's such a subtle change. And yet actually that, it's that change which then, you know, leads on to, to, a, to a kind of, a, yeah, different life, I, I guess. A different yeah. life and a different way of being. But it's moment to moment. And I, I guess that's another thing I love about somatic coaching is that if you are aware of what's happening inside your body, it's called introspection. then you can only be in the moment because that experience you had with your arm that's gone now there's a different there's a different experience in your arm and in your body and so you can only ever be in the moment and and so I I kind of I love that because um you know all my life I've always been thinking forward to the future. Like, you know, what am I going to do? What's it going to be like? I've been kind of busy problem solving to make sure that things don't happen. And, and actually, that was great, you know, and mm. enabled me to do things and get stuff done. But it meant that I was living my life <clears throat> not now, but actually in the future. And I used to kind of walk along like I'm doing this, like yeah. forwards on my, on my toes, you know, like got things to do, places to go. And now and now through the centering that I do, I walk differently. I walk more back on my heels, I'm more kind of upright, and that allows me to be in the moment. So it's yeah. such a subtle tiny little shift. And yet you know when I walk, now that is a practice that is a sort of centering practice
0: I lo- I love that. It's making me think. I, I often talk about finding purpose and as you quite rightly said, there does we need to have an element of, of forward thinking because we yeah. have it, uh, the journey, we, we, yes. you know, we somewhere we want to yes. go, somewhere we want yes. to achieve with the goals, you know, in yes. terms of how life forms out for us. But actually, the reality is purpose is kind of a paradox. It's a it's a it's a both. And, you know, we are I, I mentioned the other day, we are We're a drop if we're a drop of water from the ocean. We're both the drop of water from the ocean and we're the ocean and we're the wave. So we're so many things. And that all matters in this present moment, what we're doing now to affect the change, to create the wave, to create the habitat, whatever it is that we're we've got going on. So you're I I totally support what you're saying. And even with the arm exercise just then it was a moment in time but it's actually changed how I'm feeling about my arm and I'm going to do the whole thing with my whole body now I'm going to shake it after off here and have a little bit of a wiggle and see what happens but there's something it's paying attention to actually how our thoughts feelings are also affecting our body I mean do you talk about that or is that something that's explored in somatics you know ailments perhaps how we hold ourselves
1: yeah oh oh absolutely um because you know sort of central uh, you know As I said, sort of somatic coaching is based around self-compassion. Self-compassion is around what we bring and what we are now, and so you know, different ailments, the way we hold ourselves, they—they all come from you know our history. Mm. They come from things that we did, you know, when we were small. Um, we adapted. We have adaptive strategies. Strozy calls it conditioned tendencies, but it's basically things that we did to keep ourselves safe, to keep ourselves as connected to, to others as possible, to keep what sense of dignity that we can have and, and those sort of our dimensions around being human and you talked also about purpose as well and and to me you need all three of those things to to feel safe to feel connected to have that sense of dignity and all of those things are in our body yeah so it's how we hold ourselves i talked about armor earlier on and you know my armor was you know I've just did it just now putting my hands in a kind of fist and kind of walking around in this kind of purposeful kind of way it was um clenching my jaw and actually even my the area around my eyeballs were clenched that was my armor to keep me safe because what it did is it meant that I was I was scanning for danger yeah and I was always scanning for danger and that's great unless it becomes how you are living your life because we are as human beings we we get things happen and you know we get into flight or fight or freeze so we react to things but we are built to be able to react to those things and then to return to a neutral state mm-hmm. And and so with with that sense of, you know, our condition tendencies, the, the strategies that we've used to adapt to our situations, they've become permanent. And so they're almost like in ourselves. So there, there's a concept in neuroscience of of implicit memories, and those are actually at a subcellular level. They're held at a cellular level. Mm. And they are kind of, you know, a way of thinking about it Well, the way I think about it is. You know, it, it is unconscious. Um, it is there as a sort of physical thing, and it is a way of holding yourself to be able to cope with the world. But the thing is, is, is what we did to cope with the world in the past, those very things can be the things which actually stop us from growing. Yeah So for me, that sense of my eyeballs being really tight actually meant that I was always kind of scanning for danger which is quite exhausting
0: yeah and you've just, I've literally I've just been sat here with my legs crossed I've just, I have just took a big breath in I thought oh, no, I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm opening my body up now to allow it's very powerful I absolutely beautifully put as well and because we talk about masks in life and we talk about how we show yeah. up in that defensive but uh, defensive or protective mode but actually there's yeah. also something in and around as you quite rightly
1: said how you're holding your body yes
0: yeah. in order to yeah. create that yeah. physical and and
1: i i love working as a somatic coach because as human beings we all have like different i call them um, micro movements but we have little tiny things that become like the keystone for shifting the bigger change. Mm. So for me it was about relaxing my eyeballs and it was also about when I was walking it was about being more upright and and kind of more on my heels. Those were my micro movements. And those movements shifted everything else in my body and and so change became possible. And what I love when I'm working with clients is that they clients come to me because they're stuck but there's a sense of wanting to shift the story that they're in wanting to get unstuck getting frustrated by the fact that the same things are popping up over and over again and they don't really know what the stories are they don't really know what that change involves but you know, as they're doing the washing up, or driving somewhere, or wandering around and getting the cornflakes. You know, when they're in the supermarket or whatever, there's that sense of seeing glimpses of actually wanting to to be unstuck. And so I'm I'm very privileged that people come to me from a place of of wanting to be unstuck. And actually, the somatic coaching is it's it's because it it works with the body it's a kind of more you, you immediately see what it's doing you immediately mm-hmm. experience the difference so it isn't a sense of like oh this is going to take me a long long time you know I mean obviously it, it's in terms of consolidating that takes time but there are that it gives you those glimpses of this is what it can be like. You no, know, this is what it can be like if Caroline actually just walks more upright. Mm. It has a sense of openness. As soon as I kind of return to that posture, for me, there's a sense of openness and it's different for each client because, you know, as human beings, we all have our own like um, constellations of yeah. how we hold ourselves. So our armour is, is a little bit different from somebody else's armour. And so us taking it off requires different things yeah beautiful
0: absolutely beautiful honestly I I feel like a different person I'm gonna yeah (laughs) wonderful love this conversation so if anyone's interested to learn more about it what have you got coming up that may be able to support somebody or how can they get involved
1: yeah so um I do have a program it's an experiential one so it is for coaches who you know know how to do the contracting you know all of those sort of we talked about um, structure yeah they've kind of got all of those structures in place um, and they want they know that they want to develop their coaching in a way but they're not quite sure so the question yeah. for them is around you know what's important to me as a coach brilliant so I have had non-coaches come onto the program um, and and it works for them as well because quite often that what's important to me as a coach is also the question of what's important to me yes yes you yeah, know. as the we driver about behind purpose. how we do it. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, that it, we 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 have to come back to our purpose because our purpose changes as as we grow older. Uh, people can get hold of me on um, through LinkedIn. Fantastic. And also I have a website called coach.quaifassociates, which is a bit of a strange it's my surname, Quafe, Q-U-A-I-F-E. Brilliant E. So that's, that will get you through to the website as well. Uh, the best way to do is contact me through LinkedIn. Brilliant. Uh, that's probably the easiest.
0: Absolutely fantastic. I, honestly, I will put all of those links in the show notes as well so everyone can just click Brilliant. on f- for ease. Yeah. This has been incredible to talk to you, Caroline. I suppose there's one kind of parting thought or question for you. What's important for you that we haven't discussed or that needs to be said?
1: I think what's important to me is self-compassion. I, I have said it already, but I feel like it's the thing I want to end on because it does feel like we're living in a world which is, you know, that sense of compassion and kindness. Sometimes it can, you know, like it, like we can look at the thing, oh, my Lord, what is happening? Mm. Um and for me, I never really felt like I understood what self compassion was. But self compassion is about being able to allow in what is. Yeah. So um, I've I've sort of speaking to somebody who had gone through at the AA, Alcoholics Anonymousness, and they had talked about this phrase called "what what you resist persists," which is another way of putting it. That sense of actually. You know, you can be bitty kind of in how you are, um, but if there's something you're resisting, then maybe just take a moment to stop and allow yourself to sense your body in as gentle way as possible. And it it will lead to growth. I really love that. I'm, that's
0: beautiful as well. I've not heard that before. What was this? Was this? That's, but that makes total sense. What a fantastic way to, to end, the, end the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, this has been so rich, so powerful as well, and great to, do the, to do the exercise It's been <laughs> really fun. I hope you have an absolutely incredible day ahead. And thank you so much for joining me, yeah. Caroline. Yeah, thank
1: you.
0: Bye bye to everybody. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. Keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Millisnell. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to seize the for all of my other shows. If you're interested to hear more about coaching, please visit nmscoaching.co.uk. If you'd like to chew the fat over some of the topics in these podcasts, please come and join me at my Facebook group Dare to Be You. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening.